0: Are you tired of working nine to five? Are you tired of your dreams going unfulfilled? Are you still letting fear stop you from pursuing that business idea? Well, all that stops today. I'm Shawnee Sanders, host of the Girl Take No podcast, a podcast for ambitious women looking to ditch their nine to five and take the leap into entrepreneurship. Each week, you will learn the mindset, methods, and actionable steps other successful entrepreneurs took to make the shift from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and live the life they always dreamed of. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey there, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Girl Techno Podcast. Today we're diving into the world where less truly means more. I'm super excited to introduce you to a remarkable woman who's turned the art of decluttering into life-changing philosophy. Meet Lisa Garcia. Not just your average professional declutter and organizer, but a woman with a heart of gold and a passion for simplicity. After a decade of transforming her own space, Lisa discovered the secret power of letting go. She's just not tidying up homes. She's reshaping lives one clutter-free corner at a time. Imagine a space that doesn't just look good, but feels good, empowering you to nurture your most valuable ideas. That's the magic that Lisa brings. So listen, grab your notebooks, get cozy, because Lisa's about to share how living with less can help us focus on what matters most. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. Let's dive in. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the Girl Techno Podcast. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for coming on and being so gracious with rescheduling. I really appreciate that.
1: Not a problem. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. So let's kick things off by telling me a little bit about um, your journey from being a registered nurse to how did you get into like the whole professional decluttering and organizing space.
1: Thank you so much for that question. So yes, I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for like fifteen years, Mm and it's so funny because I. Spent some time working in the hospital, but I spent the majority of my career as a home care nurse.
0: Okay. And so
1: I remember really clearly being in people's homes to do their home care, change their foley, do the care, all that good stuff, and looking around and being like, wow, I really wish I could do something to make these homes look more peaceful, less cluttered. Yeah. You know, obviously when there were safety issues, they would have to be insurance the proper channels, but... There was just so much stuff that I saw in people's homes that would contribute to their wellness. So it was something that was always on my mind to be able to provide for people. But I stayed in my nursing career for a while, moved into the management space, and then there were some personal shifts that happened in my life that caused (laughs) me to start this decluttering organizing business.
0: Cool. Because, you know, I have a lot of friends who are very disorganized have so much stuff all over the place and I'm a very organized person like I need things to be where they need to be yeah do you think a lot of people who have those issues when it comes to like cluttering because I watch a lot of those shows like hoarding and stuff like that hoarders yeah. do you think a lot of that is just emotional why their spaces are so are yeah, do you think their emotions are attached to what their spaces look like
1: I do I think to a significant extent the way we feel about ourselves there's a relationship between that and the space it's so- not
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some people who are just like super busy, who aren't, particularly as you, are, maybe with our spaces and things, Yeah. So don't have time. It's really more like a time thing. Like they would just benefit from hiring someone to come and like show like, so, like themselves yeah but Yeah. Action of people as definitely an emotional thing that happens. Um, you know, we have shopping addictions Then hoarding is another emotional issue in and of itself.
0: Yeah. And then we. Have Issues related to life loss, to life loss, so a life so like, and their life has a hard. Time yes. To go of and yeah.
1: Kind of comforting themselves through shopping and other other behaviors.
0: Yeah, that's true. Was there like something pivotal that happened, like in your life, that just you decided to say, "Hey, you know, decluttering," and just kind of like this, the solid solidified this decision for you to go into this particular field.
1: Absolutely. So I've been a single mother and. I was an adult caregiver for many years. Um, and I've always been a very organized person ever since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And having two children of my own, you know, I was constantly in the face of, you know, exactly the I gotta put things out, we gotta put the old toys to make to the new toys. You know, the rooms were always straight. And having my mom here, you know, I had to manage her things as well. Yeah. And my mother was ill for many years. And so I spent a lot of time going to things by myself because she wasn't able to be in the process. Yeah. It was a very emotional journey, because it was actually something that I years doing as a parent. And as I was going through her personal effects, not just her clothing, but letters and documents, she was as well. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to get to know her in another way, and I found it to be very therapeutic. Because like a lot of mother-daughters, you know, there was a lot of tension in that relationship. Yeah, And so I found a way of getting to know her and understand her better by going through it. Going through that therapeutic process made me realize, wow, this is something that a lot of people would benefit from. Mm But I thought, if this is a service that I could assist people with, help people go through, I feel like that would analyze
0: that. Yeah, I think so too. Especially like you said, when people deal with loss and it's so hard for people to clear things out. You know, we want to hold on to everything. And then you think about the busy professional who doesn't have time and kind of just like all over the place. So it, it definitely works in those in those spaces. So what, what do you think when Faith look at some of your clients, what are some of the most common challenges they face when it comes to clutter and organization? I mean, the universal
1: feeling that people express to me is that they're mm-hmm. overwhelmed. You know, they just reach a certain point. You know, in their behavior and their habits, and their shopping, and their in their home management, where they look around and go, "Oh my god!" Like I don't even know where the scissors are, and so they feel overwhelmed. There's so much stuff in the house that they don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that, that, that's the universal feeling, regardless mm. of what the underlying issue is.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me tell you. I mean, Lisa, you're better than me because I walk up in people's homes and I see all this. I'm like, you guys are so messy. And I'm like, my mom was one of those women that if she walked into your home and it's like stuff all over the place, she's like, oh, I'm not eating from here.
1: She's one of those
0: people. My mom mom was the
1: same way. And not only that, on the flip side, if you came to our house and you left something at my house, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't picked up within 48 hours, it was gone. Okay. Okay. Everything in my house had a place and nothing was getting left behind.
0: Exactly. And it's so funny because I have a, I have a large family. I have 12 siblings. And it's so funny because, and I'm the baby, and I realized that some of my siblings didn't adapt to the way my mom raised us to be in terms of like being organized and, you know, throwing things away. Some of them just kind of like have stuff all over the place. And they feel like, oh, this is freedom. Mom had yeah. us under her reign. Yeah, ex- yeah. That, you know, it's so funny. That happened with my kids. I was also very particular
1: about their diet. And once yeah. they got to a point where they were able to pick and choose what they wanted to eat, you know, they went way left. It was like McDonald's every day. I was like, oh my God. But the thing is, after a while people will realize, no, Mama Mom was right.
0: She yeah. should
1: be based in place. I should really be mindful of like what I'm allowing into my, really be my budget. I should really be evaluating like, why I'm shopping so much I have no place yes. to see this stuff.
0: Yes. And, th- and that's the key. And I know, like, I know a person like you is so needed because I've seen people who have finally had somebody come in and help them organize things and they just feel better. Overall, they feel better. They walk into a space that's clean and things are in their certain places. And doesn't mean they keep it that way all the time, but I've just seen people say, oh my God, I feel so much better when I walk into my home and everything is where it needs to be. Stuff is just not like all over the place.
1: And yeah, I can all the time. Of course, I want your students to look good, but my primary objective is for you to feel better and for you to be able to function more efficiently in your home.
0: Yes, yes, and that's that's really what it comes down to is how you function in your home and not feel so overwhelmed. Because, like I said, I feel like people' lives reflect their homes. If you're stressed out and you're going through so much, then your home looks that way as well. Things yeah. are just like all over the place. And, you know, because people know when I'm going through something because they know I'm a very organized person. So if they come into my house and things are not like where they need to be, they're like, okay, girl, are you okay? All right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that happens to me. When I come into my office and I see, you know, I have a little box right here on my desk. But, like, I like, issue that I to address. It's too I'm like, cool. Lisa, like, yes. What like, yes. like, yes. matters is your attention, right? The goal is for this box to be Yes, you know, like, you, know, you know, there are like two or three things that are like pending, you know, in action. But like, if that box is full, it's like hmm, these are deferred decisions, and that's why mm-hmm. all the stuff that's in my it's like these are a bunch of things I have to make decisions about. And I kept going, I'll decide later, I'll decide later, I'll decide later. And yeah, time, people just get, like I said before, so overwhelmed, they can't even begin to address it. So that's when calling a professional comes in to say, okay.
0: Yeah, because I think, like you said, the first thing is that they don't even know where to start. They don't even know how to go through it. Tell me this: How has your background contributed to your declining organization? Like your background, in nursing, sociology, and stuff like that.
1: So I love people.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to if you're going to do that, definitely. <laughs>
1: yeah, if you go back to my like elementary
0: school,
1: middle school, a park. Slide it, It's the There we go, I was a very good student, yes. I, I was nerd, but I was also very social. <laughs> and so I just love people. I love talking to people. I love listening to people. Mm-hmm. And so, particularly as a nurse working in the home care center, well, you are on the patient's trip, right? Versus when you're in the hospital. When someone's in the hospital, mm-hmm. basically they're at the, the, the mercy of the, the hospital staff. Going you at 4 o'clock in the morning wake somebody up to yeah. the water, give them medication. That's on the hospital schedule. When you work in someone's home, you have to be really deferential to their customs, their culture,
0: their yeah
1: and their preferences. So having been working in people home for over a decade. Really um, just wanted to, you know, love of people. Like my mm-hmm. respect for people. So that's this a, this a great preparation for, you know, being able to come into any kind of space. You know, as a home care nurse, I work in everything from... For so the SRO, a single residence office, basically like a room, and like a setting to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the multi-million dollar penthouse on Park Avenue. So i work worked oh, in wow. a variety of settings. I also work in a variety of settings. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Based on some people who are renting a room to help me help them with their home to, you know, home dollar homes in, in Harlem and, and various places in Manhattan.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. You know, you have a philosophy on that says the power, that's on the power and peace of letting go. Can you kind of tell us how that impact your client lives? So
1: a lot of people's emotions, like you alluded to earlier, are wrapped around their things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And people end up feeling almost controlled by
0: stuff. Yeah.
1: So when we start going through things, and you know, two of the things I focus on clients is, does this, is this for something practical or is this something that joy enjoy there's a joyful memory attached to it. and if they can't answer yes to either one of those questions then we have to ask ourselves why we're holding on to it yeah. and once I've kind of broken it down for them in that really practical way and they're able to let go of one thing they start to feel at peace Yeah. all like a let go muscle as we practice it over and over again they start to feel more Having the capacity to say this doesn't serve me either
0: functionally or emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you then: Why do you think it's so hard for us to let go of certain things, like being in your field, working with your clients? What do you think they find the hardest thing to do that comes with letting go of something?
1: It's two things. Actually, it's sentimental thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: particularly as a person pertains to things that belong to someone that, that we've lost. So let's say we've lost a parent. Yeah. Um, it was my mom or my mom gave it to me. So there's an incredible emotional attachment to it because of the person it came from that's such an important person in their life. And now that person is gone. So that's mm. one. And I can come back to that. But the other thing is that we live in a very materialistic um, and consumer-based society, right? Yeah, Our economy is largely based on the consumption of things, yeah. And so we are constantly bombarded with the message that the more things we have, the more important we are. Or um, these things are going to make your life. Better.
0: Yeah. When you
1: <laughs> invest your harder money, these things. after realizing that not it's not useful, it's hard to let go of something that spends a hundred or two hundred dollars on, or even fifty dollars on, depending on you know.
0: Yeah. Who, you know
1: where you are. So it's really those two things, in my experience, that make it hard to.
0: To lending, so. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I'm to ask you this question. I always like to tell, ask people when did they realize that when did they take the leap from um, employee to entrepreneur? When was that moment for you to say, you know what, I think I want to do this full time? Yeah. Did, did you have that moment, that leap moment for you?
1: I did. Um, well, first of all, this is not my first uh, rodeo in entrepreneurship. <laughs> When my okay. children were young, and I'm sure you you find that with a lot of your guests, right? Like, yeah, we've done a yeah. few different things. When my children were very young, um, I was an early childhood educator uh, before mm-hmm. I became a nurse, and so um, I decided to bridge you know my personal life and and work life by starting a group family daycare. So
0: that way, mm-hmm. could
1: provide um, childcare services to young children and my children at the same time um, in my home, and it was it
0: was perfect. Yeah,
1: doctors, I mean, make a good living, doing something that I really enjoyed, and being able to care for and be with my children, twenty four seven. So, I that's awesome. That, uh, yeah, I did that almost uh, twenty years ago. uh to go to nursing school, you know, I've been in, in the nursing field for you know over a decade. When did I decide to go from my employee status to uh, entrepreneurial status? When I started having turn flying away. Hmm. I was working full time, and I was providing service to my clients at night and on the weekends. And my calendar was just filling up, filling up. And it
0: yeah,
1: where I was like, "I need more space." They're only twenty-four hours in a the day; they're only seven days a week. I was fortunate; the organization that I worked for allowed me to switch my status from full-time to DM. Mm. Being for DM allowed me to work for them when I felt like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It
1: schedule allowed. And I watched and I watched and my schedule grew and like my, my bookings grew and grew and grew. And then it just kind of happened organically. Like this is what you're doing for one. Fortunately I had the flexibility that I can only work X amount of days a week. And it went from four to three to one to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. When did you, because the journey is always like up and down for people. Most people I interview, their journey is like, yeah, you know, hey, it wasn't all roses when it started now. I had to build and I had to get to this moment. Did you see your journey? Did you have ups and downs in your journey of starting this business? Did anybody say to you like, girl, what are you thinking about doing? Really? You can help people organize. <laughs> did anybody say that to you? And did you have a feeling like, okay, should I really be doing this? No, I'm going to be honest with you. i never doubted myself. Ah, oh, that's so awesome.
1: And someone who has
0: always been very particular about the truth that I cultivate
1: around myself. Throughout my adulthood, my eyes have widened and I've seen who the lovers and who the haters are.
0: Oh yeah. I've
1: been very graciously in my personal life been able to participate the haters pushed into the side, like you're not gonna have a space in my life you're not gonna be a naysayer you're either like on my team
0: yes on the court or you're on the bench right, yeah, right? <laughs> is it either with me or are you against me
1: sit yes. in the stands and just watch
0: yes so,
1: um yeah i've always i'm, I'm very particular about that, I that velocity, um with my, into my work right like if these things are in your home yeah supporting you to be this better version of yourself that you seem to be and these things are just getting in your way. Mm. Hmm. And so no, like the people in my life were, were very supportive. I mean, there were a couple of people. You know, I remember when I first built my website, and I told a family member who I was really close to, i was like, oh, my website is up. Like, Do you want to see it?" She- so, <laughs> God. <laughs> so you know what, y'all? Like that was like an eye opener for me, right? Because everybody else, was like, oh, I want to see your website. Oh my God, it looks so good. Then
0: whatever, whatever. Yeah.
1: And when this love person was
0: like, "That's okay, you like, know what? I've got some
1: fall in my
0: life." Mm. Like, all I like that you are able to identify the lovers and the haters ahead of time. Yeah,
1: just yeah, like I, had, I had my pains going through it, but once I realized yeah. it, I was like, oh, "Word."
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, I see you coming. I see you. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not going to make sure that I don't, you know, have anything for you. I'm not going to tell you nothing. So don't you worry about that. So I like that. And, you know, I like the fact that you didn't, you didn't doubt yourself because a lot of time, you know, when we're looking at moving to this new, um, into our. Our second act, I interviewed this woman who is, her show is called Second Act. I, I love that. Uh, we're moving to our second act or our third act, whatever it may be. We we sometimes doubt ourselves. We sometimes feel like, okay, sh- can I really do this? Like, oh my God, I'm about to, that check is gone now. So yeah, <laughs> it can be a scare. yeah, like it can be a really scary thing. But you seem like your transition was, was a smooth transition. And the fact that you didn't doubt yourself and you was confident, and what you're doing is exactly what, as entrepreneurs, we need to have are those who are looking to take that leap. That's the type of confidence they need to have in themselves in order to be successful at it. Because it's going to be some bumpy roads. You know, it's going to be a bumpy ride. You know, everything doesn't always go the way you think it's supposed to go. But I think just taking the leap is is brave and is courageous. And I think not being, not doubting yourself is where it starts. And
1: surrounding yourself with
0: the right Yes, your tribe. You're right.
1: I've, I've, I've not done this myself. I've had very supportive people
0: around like me. Yeah. This. So
1: <laughs> with with the context, I will say that I strongly believe that there can be twenty people doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. No one does it like you, and so that's one piece of advice I held dearly to. The other thing was, this is so me, right? Somewhere once that to figure out like, really what you're gonna be about. Think about who you were when you were a child. Think about mm. what brought you so much joy when you were a child before the world hands on you and told you what you should or shouldn't be. Yeah. I have very distinct memories of enjoying organizing and getting rid of things and putting in order. Like I really enjoyed doing that when I was a kid. It made me really happy. Oh wow And realizing that it's a service that adds value to people's lives. When I couple all those concepts together, those Mm -hmm. are the concepts that feel my confidence.
0: Yes. It's about finding what brings you joy. That's what led me to start this podcast because I was like, I did the same thing. I was like, you know, I remember not even as a child, but I used to work for Sirius Satellite Radio and I'm like, I really did enjoy being on air. I used to do entertainment and sports news. And I was like, I really enjoyed it. And then I had came so far from it. I went into PR. I did all these different careers, product management, tech, stuff like that. And I just was like, you know what? I want to get back to that joy I had when I was doing that. And I want to go back to doing what I what I enjoy doing. And I think that's such good advice that, you know, think about what you enjoy, you know, from when you were a child or just something you did in your life that brought you so much joy and made you happy. And that's what you can pursue, you know, because that's, turn ultimately that becomes your passion. You know what I mean? Exactly.
1: And then you don't feel like you're working. Yes. So the icing on the cake is that what
0: you're doing, like what you're doing, Mm -hmm. is
1: putting value to people's lives. By hosting this podcast, by bringing these guests on Mm -hmm. who are sharing experiences, you are having a whole legion of people.
0: Yes. So
1: it's you You've got that innate passion. You've obviously got the talent. Mm -hmm. and, And you're making someone else's life better. So that's just a win on top of a win on
0: top of a win. On top of winning because every time I tell people, every time I interview an entrepreneur, I always get inspired too by the story, by the journey, and it just keeps me on my own entrepreneur journey to say, Okay, girl, listen, you can get knocked down sometimes, but you got to get back up, you know what I mean? And you got to stay confident and don't doubt yourself. So, I'm glad I heard that word from you today because doubting ourselves and sometimes in the process, we can doubt, Okay, I don't know if I should be doing this full time, but it's good to hear it's good to have to hear that someone reaffirm for you not to doubt yourself on your journey, you got to keep going forward. So I, I like that. Um, do you have like a success story that you can share in terms of like, I had a client who was like so overwhelmed and now they just like, it just transformed their lives once everything was gone and all the clutter and everything now is organized.
1: Um, okay. I'll okay. share sure one in particular very near dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. When I first jumped into this field I actually said to myself you know what let me do this for free first right because I've done mm-hmm. it for myself I've successfully put it in my home and embrace it yes you know all this doing it for myself and sharing it with on social media and you know one of my social media groups you know somebody mentioned you know, my place in the room is a mess. I need help. I help you so let me go out and do this for free let me see how I do do this with another person? Yeah. And um, it was really in one room. It was a bedroom. and It was really like an episode of mm. Hoarders. I've seen Hoarders. So it was literally like you know, yeah. I put I weigh about 160 pounds. So I did a few instances. let all I all I could fit in the room with myself. Once I stepped into the room, I put wow. It, it was the same like this person. Then my bed. Person, so they actually had to turn sideways to get out mm. of their room.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: you know, sense of this room, the ceiling. She had a sliver of bed to sleep on. Um, it was, it was really something. This person is probably one of the most talented people uh, with the fine arts so that mm. in my life. Can draw, paint, can hold, can sculpt, can sew. Can sew incredible wow we work together for a year mm-hmm. mind you this is just me now when people watch these episodes of quarters it's like oh they come in the psychologist talks to the person
0: yes yeah, tons to family, of people And then mm-hmm. there's
1: like 50 people running around the house doing the stuff and the crew comes in does, you know all these things happen in, in short periods of time with multiple dozens and dozens of people yep. it's just me um during the course of time, we built a relationship. Um, she ended up allowing me to declutter her kitchen because she was also a phenomenal cook. Uh, she ended up allowing me to help out in other parts of the house, some closets. Another family allowed me to help them with their home, which is why I spent so much time in the home. Some fundraising, able to do some contracting work that was necessary, you know, repairs that were needed in the get home, get her to mm-hmm. think that she needed to function. Fast forward, she has had her work featured in local museums.
0: Wow, a
1: thriving sewing and tailoring business. So, people come to her and they're looking for like a custom design for a gown. Not only does she design, she does the production. Her work has been featured in fashion shows.
0: Oh, wow!
1: They're doing
0: her thing. That is amazing.
1: (laughs) Here, she's got the space.
0: Yeah. so she always, yes she always yes in
1: her bed, you know drawing and, and doing things here and there but you know she'd work on a project and then it would kind of just get lost in the sauce all the other projects yeah and while she's got space to work and see her project through from beginning to end her confidence has built but she's been able to put herself out there and say hi yes this is what i do and in one of our mutual uh social media groups i mean when somebody asks for a dress you know to be done she's when she's getting tagged like left and right oh
0: this person this person this person that is so awesome that is really awesome that is a true that's a really good story because like you said it's like she's so talented but it's like all that clutter you know just kind of like didn't motivate her to to get different things done and now coming in and having that space and feeling better when you walk into that space and being able to work and see your creations that's that's an awesome story this year lisa thank you for that (laughs) that was awesome Right there, yeah. So let's talk about the minimalist life because when people say, Oh, I live a minimalist life, and I'm like, oh, Okay, so you don't have nothing in your house, Dan. Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe if you're I in like swear Norway to. or Sweden, maybe that's what that means. I don't know. Okay, so uh, explain to
0: the audience what does that mean? Because <laughs> that's what I'm like. You don't have no couches, you don't have no. nothing in there, you just got a chair and a it. So explain to us what that means.
1: So I think different people have different definitions of what minimalism means, right? Okay. What you just described is for some people what minimalism means. Like it's like one chair, one little table, one spoon, one fork, <laughs> one bowl, one black t-shirt, one pair of shoes. Yes, yes. <laughs> some people live like that, and if that's what works for them, that's what works for them. <laughs> um, Steve Jobs, rest in peace. Like he wore the same thing all the time. And yes, I think Zuckerberg wore all the time there's a whole thing on like having a wardrobe a minimalist wardrobe because mm-hmm. called the decisions on a regular basis you can't yeah. be standing in front of a class for 30 minutes trying to figure out what to wear they literally just like wear a uniform but that's
0: that's
1: another thing yeah the meaning when I impart the concept is recognizing what serves you and brings you joy Mm. it's that simple if i love books um and i want to with me, I love a books a do i have the space for it right so i have to be honest about that
0: mm-hmm.
1: if all of these books um is functional to me where i read them i reference them i re-reference them for you know whatever it is that I'm using, right? but also having these books bring me joy and that's that's my minimalism now if books are Falling off the shelf, and if you're tripping over them, and if yeah, creating a hazard. You know, now we're off the minimalist. <laughs> be yeah, be able to fit our stuff in the space. But it's understanding, you know, when I have enough. If I love black turtlenecks, you know, how many black turtlenecks do I need? Well, if I need five, I want to wear five every day for work. Let's save your Monday through Friday life, and that's what I need. If I need five. I'm going to get five high quality black turtlenecks, and I'm going to rock them. And I'm going to take good care of them. Don't need thirty. Come wear one every single day of the month, and I'm not going to have them pile up and create all kinds of ridiculous laundry in my home. So it's recognizing how much is enough, and also making sure that everything in your space is curated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: to what your you're your If I look at it, I don't like it. It shouldn't be in my home. Yes, okay. and it doesn't make me smile. It should be in my home. I should look at the photography, the art, the books, my music collection, my dishes. I should look at all of it and be like, I love
0: this. Mm, okay. <laughs> and I have, and I have uh, enough. Excuse I me. Have, you... I
1: have enough.
0: So minimalism is all about ex- um, expressing self-control, right? It's being able to say, because I'm, I'm a kind of girl that I love coffee mugs. And you would tell me like, Shawnee, you have too many. You would say that to me because I'm not expressing self-control, but I love coffee mugs, right? And so every time I go to the store and I see one, I buy it. I don't necessarily need it, but I buy it because I'm like, oh, it's one that I don't have. And so <laughs> I guess I have too many of those. Do you, do you use them all? I use them all. I drink out of all of them. I do. I really do. I have my favorites, but I drink out of all of them. And I just... I have a uh, yep. I have a cabinet for them. I have a space for them, but now they're kind of like coming out of that cabinet, so I have to now transfer to try to. You know what it is now? It's like I have to figure out okay, where can I put them now? So I think that's probably the point. I need to say I have enough. You know what?
1: There may be one that you bought five years ago that's not doing it for you anymore, like it did five years ago.
0: You know what that's you mean? true.
1: Yeah, and, that's true. So with so you, you're a collector, right? Yeah. You're caring for them. They have a home. You can see them. You can access them. They're not in all sorts of bizarre places. They're not toppling on top of each other and, and getting chipped or, or chipping the glass in your cabinet. Do You know what I mean?
0: Yes. you right. had to get a separate storage for them.
1: Yeah, you're not putting them in a storage unit, which would be absurd.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so like I know. I Right. I'm not saying minimalism is oh you only need two coffee mugs. It's what yeah. is enough for you that is functional for you and brings you joy and you have the same for it.
0: Yeah. I think that, that I think that's I can I can you see I can I can register that concept. At first yeah. I thought it was like, oh, you can't have nothing. And I'm like, mm, that's not gonna work for me. So you know, but I can oh. register I can, I can register that that concept. Yeah, we do. So what I
1: suggest do. to my clients when they have abundance of things but again things that are functional or, or joyful for them yeah consider the one-in-one-out rule right because we're adults we've been accumulating things for years and we will yes. accumulate things you you're at the checkout there's a coffee mug there you know those impulse uh, buys yes. That's but exactly you look what at the coffee is. mug you're like i love it it's so cute i don't have one like this it's so cute you buy it you get home look at your coffee mugs and go man you know i got this one like 12 years ago um, You know, I got, I have like three from the Bahamas already. Let me, mm-hmm. let me just, oh, this one has a crack in it. Let me just talk this one. You get one, you take one out. and That way you maintain the balance. You maintain the homeostasis of what you have.
0: Yes, I like that. Take one in and one out because that's true. I do have some that I've had for years that I like on the last leg that I can actually get rid of and just kind of like move in the new ones. The new one, the new one that makes you go, yeah, right. That's my obsession, though. Excuse me. I love coffee mugs. I don't know why, but I do. Um, can you like share with us how has you know living with less personally affected your life in your in your business?
1: Living with less, means when I come home every day, looking at a living room full of stuff, it's making me go, ah! I can walk into my living room and I can sit on the couch. There isn't stuff flying around all over the place pretty much, there's very little to do. I mean, my house has to be cleaned like any other house, but there's not a lot of like straightening up or like up things because everything is pretty much in its place. Mm. And the thing is when things do get a little chaotic because life happens, like Mm we're life things. So you you may be rushing, you're coming in, you drop something, whatever it is. When it's time to do that cleanup, it's so easy because like this goes here, this goes there, and there's a space for it. So it's a time saver, you know, People come to my house. You know, I tell you all the time. My house isn't exactly like interest ready. Like it's so decorated, so decorated, so beautifully. But people come to my house like unanimously say, "It's so in here. It's so warm here." I feel it, and I'm so glad that my guests.
0: Yes, how would you? How would you tell a mom of like two or three, a single mom, or even a wife of a family? that has like two, three or more kids, how do you help them adjust to more of a minimalist life? Because when we have kids, we always want them to have the toys. Yeah. And even I, I'm thinking right now myself, I'm like, you know what? I got to go upstairs and get rid of all the toys that the kids are not playing with because new toys are coming in, right? And so how do you help them get a little more organized and declutter when you have kids and they always want this stuff everywhere? And, you know, it, it could be chaotic with a family.
1: Yeah, they actually are basically with the guest about that very topic especially as the holidays are coming and yes households are about to be flooded with like yep. all these toys i mean there are a few different ways to approach it for a mom it's you know with anything it's always about helping people understand like the benefit behind a, an action change a behavior change so mm-hmm. obviously number one if you have less stuff in the house it's just less clean it's less for you to manage that's more time to you know reclaim for yourself and for your family yeah um, one Too, as
0: a parent, one
1: of your primary responsibilities after after your children like safe and well is to inform their character as human beings.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
1: think that teaching kids to uh, be uh, grateful, you know, for what they have, um, is an important part of like you know building building character. Like we should be grateful for what we have. Like we're not entitled to like every single thing. Do you know what I'm what I'm getting at?
0: Yes, I do. Mm -hmm.
1: So you can kind of teach that lesson through. Um, keeping the toys and stuff at a minimum, you know, and you're also you also it's important to teach your kids like how to care for things, yep. right? So that they <laughs> you know they they uh, can learn responsibility, right? So like if you move all the pieces, then how are we going to you know play with the game or or do the puzzle? We have to take care of what we have. But if there's too much of it, it's hard to teach that lesson because kids get overwhelmed just like we do.
0: Yes, they so do. The less,
1: the less that they have, the easier it is for them to be able to manage their belongings.
0: Yeah, that's true. And like I said, the holidays are coming and I'm just thinking about it myself when having this conversation and everything that I know I have to go up there and do. And I'm like, I have to do it secretly because, you know, especially when they have so much, because, you know, if you do it while they're there, they're like, no, don't throw my toy where I want it. And they never play with it. Or either it's like broken because the dog chewed on it or something. No, no. they, They
1: recognize, oh, this is broken. You like mommy? I like this one, mommy. I don't like this one. Another thing, another um strategy I, I um impart to parents is to cycle the toys in and out, right? So, mm-hmm. X amount of toys in the room, you don't have to discard and get rid of the other toys, but if you have the space to do it in the house and you have an attic or a basement, yeah, um, then store the toys out of sight. Before you do that, you know, really pay attention to like what toys do kids enjoy the most.
0: They, mm-hmm. like,
1: they enjoy the building toys, the dress up toys, the or tech type of toys, or are they big readers or drawers, you know, whatever, your child will show you what they're interested in, could be multiple things, of course, so Yeah, zero in on what their interests are, and then feed those toys for them, like I'm a, I'm a huge, my children went to Montessori, one of my children went to Montessori, and I was very intrigued by how they will allow a child to pursue their interests, you know, as long as the child is interested, like why break yeah. the child's interest, right, that's what they want to explore, you know, allow them to explore it. When they're kind of done with it, then move on to the next thing. So you focus on that, leave those items there for them, take everything else out, store it someplace. Again, if you have the space, it's kind of hard for apartment dwellers, but if you have a
0: yeah.
1: house. And then three or four months, some period of time, cycle out the old ones and bring in the new ones. And then the, the ones that were hidden are going to feel brand new to them again.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think this I will do that. Interest. Yeah. I think I will do that because. <clears throat> For me, I feel like the main thing that they play with, and I'm pretty sure you see this too, they are on their tablets. That's why I'm like, I'm just gonna get rid of these toys. You don't, they don't even play with them. They're too busy on Roblox. It's like, what's the point of having these toys here? But I think I'll do that. Like you said, I'll take that suggestion. I will put them in the garage. I will box them up. The ones that I think are broken and really just, the ones I think are broken and just not okay, worth it, I'm going to throw it away. You throw, you throw those away. Yeah. 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 I'm going to throw those away because they're, they're killing me with those, but oh, um,
1: yeah. I, and they're missing like important pieces. Just, you know, if they can be recycled in your community, recycle them, what have you, get
0: rid of those. I'm, I'm going to do that. And I'll box up the other ones and then wait until they're not recognizing that they're gone. I'm going to donate those to the goodwill.
1: Yeah. Or <laughs> <Part laughs> um, two. You can also you know talk about donating. I think it's also important to kind of teach kids like um you know empathy. You know, yes. I've worked with children and been like you know, um, you know, not all kids have a mom or a mom and a dad or you yes, you can give them all the toys that. They can. So we give one or two toys to some other kids, you know, who don't have any. And you know, when you put it to them like that, and you're you're giving them an opportunity to show how nice and how kind and how thoughtful they can be like yeah you know they come to me and say miss lisa i want to give this this doll to another little girl or boy who doesn't have adults
0: oh yeah i like that too okay
1: it's another learning lesson
0: it is okay i i can do that i can involve them in that because i'm telling right now at least i was going to do it secretly and they're just going to come in that room one day and be like well what happened to my toys and i would have been like i don't know (laughs) did you move the toys (laughs) Um, can you and, share for someone who who's overwhelmed with clutter, what are, like the first three steps you would tell them to do? Or you would help them with?
1: Yeah. I would tell them um to start with getting mm-hmm. obvious exact. Obviously. You'd be surprised like what's kind of like laying around and like just caught up in the middle of the other stuff. I mean yeah in water bottles.
0: Oh God, water bottles, yeah.
1: You know, we get our stuff from Amazon and we open the box. and There's all the packaging and we take out the thing. But the packaging, like it it's sitting. Yeah, it, it does. Taking up, it's taking up like a huge chunk of space and there's stuff like behind it or in front of it or beside it looking like it's taking up half the room when really if you just pick up that box and got rid of it, you're like, oh, there's the couch. Yes, exactly. Oh, start with the super obvious things. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, like I said, you know, packaging is a, is a big one that just kind of plays around. Um, so that's one strategy. The other strategy is to start with a very small amount of time. Set a timer for like 10 minutes and say, for 10 minutes, I'm going to tackle this drawer or this corner of the counter or this little section of the table, like a really small part. And you're going to start by Throwing things away that you don't need, or just yeah. the big one, putting things back where they belong. You just call it relocating. And that's what happens. Relocating. You get things from one like part that. of the house, you get things from the bathroom, then you go into the living room, you're watching your show, you're doing your hair, you're doing your kids' hair, whatever it is. Enter the brush to move the gel. It just sits there when it really has to go back into the bathroom or the person's bedroom. Okay. It's, I like that. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, you yourself 10 minutes, wait right, for 10 minutes. I'm just going to relocate. I'm just going to put things back, you know, back where they belong. And yeah. Often than not, really quickly. I'm just going for an hour and being like, I put stuff in the laundry bag, and I put all this stuff back in the bathroom, and I picked up the dishes that the kids left around the living room back in the mm-hmm. kitchen, and
0: things get things get done. Things get done. <laughs> what advice do you have for a person who struggles with um, the difference between um, letting something go and uh, Keeping the rest. Like, what is that? What is either keeping what matters and letting the rest go? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to them? Like, how be do you honest. make that discernment in between the two?
1: You yeah, have to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Be honest about what you really use. There is a quote, and I based on some research, but totally I would say that this is true. We wear of our clothes, 80% of the time. Yeah. We have our favorites. We tend to wear our favorites over and over again. We have what flatters us. We have what we feel the best in. And why not re-wear those things? Because they flatter us. It's what we feel great in. Mm -hmm. They're our favorite colors, our favorite fabrics, what have you. And so just be honest about that. Um, It's okay (laughs) to wear something twice. Oh, but it's on Instagram. So what? (laughs)
0: People get too caught up in social media that way too.
1: <laughs> it literally informs their decisions about having to get something new for every occasion. It'll look great on you once. It'll look great on you three times.
0: You know what? I'm 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 guilty of this because I will keep something. I I'm, I do give away, like I'll go in and do like the beginning of the year, I go through my closet. Like, okay, I'm going to get rid of whatever I don't wear. If I haven't worn it within the last two years, I'm never going to wear it. But then I'll say to myself, well, what if I want to wear it one day? So I'll end up keeping the majority of the stuff that I really thought I was going to get rid of because I keep thinking to myself, well, you know what? I might wear it one day. So let me just keep it. When honestly, I probably should just let it go.
1: It really depends. Again, do you have the space for a little bit? Is your closet functional? Like, like Can you walk into your closet and like access everything? Or is holding on to that stuff getting in the way of having function in your closet?
0: Yeah, I think my, my racks are too full. I got yeah, like to inch in there to get the clothes something out. If like
1: so super, you know, packed.
0: Yes. Like you pull one
1: thing out, kind of like the other things come out with it. <laughs> you kind of want your rack, your clothes to be able to flow so you can go like this and then, and then look without actually having to like pull it out.
0: Yes. You know, so that yeah. you, don't, you, you, you don't, make a huge mess. I think that's like, one of have, the things.
1: To, <laughs> ask yourself, um... Is, is this thing easily replaceable? Yes. Right. So if it's something that you got, let's say you're on vacation in Ghana and it's unique to this one yeah. particular market that you found and you're not going to be able to find it in Philly or wherever it is you live, then maybe, you know, hold it for a little while longer. But if it's like
0: a black t-shirt. You know what? I think that's what I need to ask myself. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times I myself, okay, Sean, do you really need it? Like, seriously? And you are. It's like, I keep thinking about if I haven't worn it forever, like, am I ever really going to wear it? And sometimes it'd be things that I brought new that just sits in the closet that I expected to wear. But then because it's so caught up between everything, I didn't even know it was there. You know? so You didn't have
1: access, so you you need to thin it up.
0: Yes, I do. So I want
1: people to ask themselves, if you're shopping right now, would you buy it?
0: That's a good question. That's a good question. Cause I probably wouldn't. And if I wouldn't, then I can get rid of it. Let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Okay. Listen, I got me some good advice out of this one. <laughs> what are, what do you have? What are your future plans are? Do you have any things you're looking forward to when it comes to your business and in this um, decluttering space?
1: So I'm really excited about uh, being a guest on these podcasts. It's given me an opportunity to, you know, to share a lot of you know, my thoughts and, yes, and, you know, you know about, about how to address this work. And I do wanna get uh, further into the speaking space.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I do
1: wanna be able to put something together in writing to be able to share with people. Uh, again, I just wanna be able to address these concepts um, in larger groups. You know, right now I work with people, you know, one individual, one family at a time. I love yeah. the work that I do. I cultivate amazing relationships with every single one of my clients. But I really wanna be able to share this um, on a larger scale. And I, and I will add, as a woman of color, um, this is a conversation that is very new for a lot of us. Yes. And I am particularly um, interested in addressing um, more and more women of color about these topics.
0: Yeah, it it is definitely a new space for us because like I said, we are always, you know, our community is more so like, minimalist like who where what and you know we keep things you know what I mean because we keep things from because our grandmothers and our mother our mom our grandmothers and their grandma everybody has yeah. it's the way it's always been so we're not gonna throw nothing that we believe is sentimental to us out and just the fact that I think it's the emotional piece when it comes to how and I the stressful piece of it and we said you feeling overwhelmed we need to recognize that hey sometimes we feel overwhelmed it reflects in our lives and in our homes as well and we need to identify that that's what that is. Maybe you can't get it together in the house simple because you're feeling overwhelmed in something else. So you right; it's a much larger conversation that needs to be had. And, you know, I'm glad you out here having this conversation around um, decluttering, organizing, because I feel like I'm top organizer, but just listening to you today, I, there's, I still got a long way to go.
1: <laughs> it's a journey, Sonny. It, it's, truly, it's truly a journey. You know, it's, it's not like one and done. Every and, you know, like I said before, you know, we life like things happen. But once you know, you kind of get your mind right about the issues, and you have some organizational organizational systems in place. So when things do get out of control, you have the the knowledge, you have the beliefs, and you have the tools in place. Yes, to, to restore the
0: balance that you need. Yes, exactly. Let me ask you: Do you do this virtually, or is it has to be everything has to be in person? I can do this in person. You know. <laughs>
1: I know that we live in a virtual world,
0: but yeah. there's
1: something about that in-person um, human connection that I think is just so, so valuable. Yes. I'll do I'll do consultations virtually. Yeah. We'll have conversations. The actual work,
0: um, I am present. Yeah. I just about to say, it, it'll be hard to do that virtually because then you'll have to depend on the person to, to get rid of the items. And, you know, most of them would be like, um... But when you're there in person, yeah, you know, you can't depend on them to do it. Basically, you got to do it. You got to be there because it they, is that. They, they
1: need that support. They need they that
0: do. They need, that okay. they need that support. They need that level of okay. comfortability. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They need someone there with them to help them let go. Right. Because if not, we will never let it go. We will hold on to it and we'll just be like, yeah, I did it. And then don't show you and say, you're still there. So... I get it. It has to be in job person. Site
1: once, and my assistant called me and said, <laughs> like, no, no, that can't happen.
0: Exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: And the things when we're done, like I take the bags with me, like I can't even leave the bags behind.
0: Because... Oh no. Mm-mm, Cause they're going back in there and they're going to get they're them.
1: Go... Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're going to go back and get them. <clears throat> this has been, I'm sorry. I'm, my throat has been bothering me all day. I think when the kids mm-hmm. gave me something. But this has been a good conversation. Let me ask you before we end this conversation, is there a client that you work with that was difficult and it was like they just didn't want to let go? Was it that did you have a struggle with a particular client? The one one I just mentioned.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you got there though. I received multiple calls from family members. One family member called (laughs) me and said, Okay for her to go out in the trash and bring things back into the house. Oh my god! <laughs> assistant, I said I had to leave the job site. So my assistant who called and said, She's "Opening up the bag that we, you know, we already filled up." So you know, it was a learning experience. Like early on in in our session today, you asked about like ups and downs. So yeah, you know, I I kind of I'm like a super optimistic person, so I kind of don't look at downs as downs. I look at downs as like opportunities to learn. Yeah. Um, and so, with this particular client, if I had to go back in time, I think I would have probably assessed a little bit more profoundly her readiness, mm. and I would have taken a slightly different approach. My approach was honestly like a bit aggressive because I'm so like, yeah, we can. Get yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: your grandma, your granddad is going to be able to come over and jump on the bed with you again, you know. Yes. So she needed a slower pace. It was like mm. Too much for her, all at once. But yeah, we had, um, and we've actually been in contact. I, I, I really hold my relationship with my clients very dear. We've been in contact for a year now, um, and we just we, we work at a much slower pace now. In the beginning, you know, we do a session, and one of those things would happen, or she would call me like, "Where's this? Where's that?" And you know, kind of like having an anxiety attack. It's very, very psychological for her, extremely.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I had to learn to adjust. Um, My pace with her and adjust, you know, my expectations. Of course, I want everything to be all roses and wonderful for everyone, but um, you know,
0: yeah, it doesn't always work out that way.
1: It it doesn't always work out that way, but you learn. Yeah, you don't, you don't fail, you learn.
0: Yeah, so every experience is tailored to that particular client because everyone' experience is different with it. Yeah. Well, I, Lisa, this has been a good show. Tell us how we can connect further with you. Cause I'm sure people listening or want to help want some help and maybe in your area. So tell us how we can connect further with you.
1: So I'm in the New York city area. I do travel. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get me there, I will be there to assist yes. you with your project. The name of the company is Minimalisa NYC.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you can go to my website, www.minimalisanyc.com. NYC.com. Uh you can uh, find me on Instagram. Uh same name, minimalisa NYC. You can send me an email, minimalisa nyc at gmail Um, you know, I'd be happy to speak to you. Sometimes I get I get requests just for a call, just for like a brief, you know, conversation, just to kind of give somebody a couple of tips and ideas of how to get started. It doesn't yeah. turn into a, a client, but that's fine. I'm happy to take, you know, ten or fifteen minutes to have a conversation with someone um just to give them some pointers. Um, you know, which way to go answer some basic questions. That's uh, I've awesome. A, I've got a Facebook group, um, which is really just all about being supportive and helping women and people understand that they're not alone. You know, a lot of people feel a lot of shame. Yeah. Their
0: yes. And, and
1: like literally think like I'm the only person who can't get it together. Yeah. I'm to tell you, that's not the case. We're out here momming and working and doing the entrepreneurial thing and trying to be a partner to someone and caring for our parents
0: yeah home. Yeah.
1: it's it's a lot so if things are out of order and you, you're just not you know, feel like you don't know how to handle it you are not alone so my facebook group is designed to let people know that you know this, this is a shared experience and we can help each other
0: get through it that's really good and we'll make sure we have all your info down in the um show notes and on youtube as well so i appreciate you for being on this show this has been really good this really has me thinking about the stuff that i need to do to kind of declutter and organize in a better way in my own home as well. Um, and, you know, with my family members too, that I know need some help and stuff like that. So this has been awesome. I'll make sure I recommend you to those who I know need the help. Cause some people don't want to admit it. Some people don't want to admit it, Lisa. They don't want to admit it. <laughs> I'm going to tell me, you know what? This is a woman I met and she's really awesome. I think you should just call her and just talk. You know, you can't come out and say it. Cause people look at you like, what, you know, <laughs>
1: Judgment free zone, you know, just just want to help people live better.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. So again, I appreciate you for being on the show. We look forward to having you come back again because I do want to have this conversation again um, around organization and cluttering. I think is a good conversation to kind of have at this time of the year as well, being that we about to go into a new year. So people need to get their their whole lives organized. You know,
1: thank you, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Yes. All right, guys, listen, I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Girl Techno Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Girl Techno Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, tag girl take podcast in your stories and you will get a shout out in our next episode until then guys thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispie sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day